Hello and welcome to another episode of the High Ground Republic. Um, I have three new guests on. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, recently, we brought up the topic of can there be good people in the Empire? And I had such an overwhelming response, a lot of stitches and tons and tons of comments that I just, I, I don't know, I just thought this would be a great topic to break down and uh, dive deeper into it. So we are going to do that right here and right now on the high ground. Hello and welcome everybody uh, to the High Ground Podcast. Uh, you guys are all awesome. I follow all of your your content and I have for a while. Um, so you're friends of the channel, but first time coming on. So this is going to be great. I want to um, start by going around and asking you, know, who are you? Where can we find uh, you and your content? And simple question. We'll start out easy. How did you get into Star Wars? Uh, I'm going to go around a little circle. We'll start with uh, Alanis. All right. Hi. So I'm Alanis. You can find me on TikTok and Twitter under Not a Kyber. Um, I post a lot of nonsense on there. Um, but for me, I actually got into Star Wars kind of out of order. Um, the first movie I saw was Attack of the Clones. I saw it on TV and I was like, mom, this is the coolest thing I've ever seen ever. <laughs> so I remember like running up to her and being like, we need to go to the library when that was a thing. And we rented all of the movies and over the course of like two months, I like binge watched them all at like 10 years old. And I'm walking around like, mom, I love these. And she's there like, all right, great job. Um, and then from there, I got into the TV shows and later on the books and have just been so grateful to be a part of such like a wonderful and creative community. I first I, I love I, I love finding my own people of kids <laughs> that would be like, oh, my God, we have to go to the library right now. <laughs> like my, my, my people. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I also have uh, Ryan, Jedi Master DePaul. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you for having me on. Um, so to answer your question, um, my name is <laughs> Jedi Master DePaul, or you can call me DePaul or Ryan DePaul, either or. Uh, so you can, well, what was it? Oh, uh, how did I get in Star Wars? Uh, yeah, well, uh, where, where can we find you in oh, all of your content? Find me on TikTok. Um, if you want Star Wars content from me, um, it'll be on TikTok at Jedi Master DePaul. Um, I ha also have a podcast that I host with Xcore Gamer Skills, the uh, Conspiracy Cantina on YouTube as well. Uh, so that's where you, you can also find me at there. Um, it's a bi-weekly podca pod podcast. Sorry. And um, the question uh, you said uh, about how I got into it. you get into it? Yeah. <sighs> okay, so I'm 40 years old, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, so I actually got into Star Wars when I was four. And my mom got me into it. Um, she she's she's where I get my nerdiness from and didn't know it. I got it from that until I was older, around 12. Uh, she did a birthday party for me when I was four and she had Chewbacca come to my birthday party. And nice. for a four year old to have somebody who's six, he probably was, wasn't seven foot tall before a four year old. <laughs> he looked seven foot, eight foot tall in a Chewbacca costume um, was not, I wouldn't say intimidating, but was like all. 
<laughs> and um, from there, I just really like, took on the whole uh, Return of the Jedi and Ewoks. Because at that time, during, I mean, I'm not sure I'm, I'm aging myself. Care Bears were big at that time. So Care Bears and Ewok just went together. And because uh, I love Care Bears. So I fell in love with Return of the Jedi. And from there, it just trickled down nonstop. And just I just always loved Star Wars. That's awesome. I'm picturing like like your mom remembers Chewbacca being like five foot three, but you're just so little that you <laughs> <laughs> never notice it. Right. <laughs> um uh, and how about you, Chris, Star Wars lawyer? Hello, what have we here? So uh my name is Chris, also known as Star Wars Lawyer. Uh you can find me there on TikTok. I'll make an Instagram with that moniker eventually. Um, but, uh, I also have a podcast called too black, too nerdy. Um, I forgot about that when you asked about content earlier. So even though I'm on a podcast, I should have remembered that. Um, but that's on (laughs) everywhere you can find podcasts. So yeah. And how I got into star Wars, it's a funny little tale. You know, I was being a, uh, well-behaved or as my older brother would say, rambunctious four-year-old, uh, walking around the house quietly or running and uh my brother was watching star wars because he would religiously watch it and he's like five years older than me and so one day he you know told me like you're gonna sit down you're gonna watch star wars and i did and it was all (laughs) uphill from there there you go yes yeah and uh one thing i learned from your brother is that uh life ain't like the movies um (laughs) Uh, if 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 you see a new movie come out called Life Ain't Like the Movies, please check it out. That's that's Chris's brother. Uh, we got a shout outs all around, right? Yes. All right. So uh, <laughs> the next thing I, I wanted to jump into was was another question that I had asked uh, previously, uh, but now it's become one of my favorites, and I'm gonna go to Ryan first. But like w- like your absolute favorite piece of Star Wars media, and what do you like least about it? That's a tough one. That's like picking your child, man. <laughs> that is picking your favorite child and then talking bad about them. Right. Oh, <laughs> uh, so I mean, I love pretty much all the movies. I do have gripes with some of them, but if I have to, no, that's just too easy. I'm not going to pick that one. <laughs> I can go. I can say the rise of Skywalker, but I'm not trying to feed into that toxic toxicity. And it's not for the reasons people think. I'm, but my favorite thing is I would have to say right now, Star Wars Rebels. Nice. I do love me some Rebels, man. And the one thing I. The reason why I love Star Wars Rebels so much is just, it's the lore, the the character development. Just it was a perfect telling of a story in the Star Wars universe that tied into everything else. And it just I was like, oh my gosh, this is just masterfully done. But the one thing that I did not like about it, and I actually stitched your um thing on TikTok about it, um, was the Bindu. I love the Bindu. But I didn't love, I didn't like that they just left us in so much suspense. Like, who the hell is the Bindu? Like, I, I want to know so much more about him. It's like, 
you're in the middle. Okay, that's awesome. But let's get some more information about you. Let's get that comic book or whatever it may be. I don't need that. I need to know about the bend So that was my, my least thing about it. <laughs> I know people say, you know, helicopter <laughs> um, <laughs> lightsabers, but that didn't bother me. I'm like, okay, whatever. Uh-huh. It's Star Wars. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> and i had a uh, element seven in chat dropping some love as uh you know no- normally ryan's dropping love and we appreciate you um definitely definitely uh no i i i can see that you know just uh, just this weird giant moose thing that's like <laughs> with a beard is like <laughs> Super interesting, and we don't get it. But I don't know. Dave Filoni is uh, a master. I mean, he learned from the master of giving us just enough that we understand the story being told, but that we need more stories told in the same universe. You know. Uh, so I, I, I love it. Um, how about you, uh, Chris? Uh, on the Bindu, I really wish we got that Bindu Ahsoka scene that we have like concept art of. And I really wish I could do a Bindu voice because I'd be like, just tell one of my friends I can do Ahsoka. Like, hey, let's just, you know, like, let's just voice voice act this real quick. Um, but yeah, so my favorite piece of Star Wars media is Empire. Um, you know, basic classic answer. Yes, I know. But my my least favorite thing, and I did do a video on this, is not something from the movie per se, but how people react to it. And it's how, you know, the audience at large really gives Lando a bad rap um, because they're like, oh, he betrayed Han. He's a scoundrel. You know, he did Han dirty. And it's just like, I mean, did he really like what are his options? You know, this guy he hasn't seen in a number of years uh, is coming to his doorstep, bringing all loads of trouble or. Darth Vader. I'm not sure everything. Else <laughs> he he did the best with what he what is with what he had uh, for sure. Yeah, I because like, like, because oh go go ahead. Like, what do you expect him to do? You know, Vader already said, you know, I am altering the deal. Pray I do not alter it any further. Like, you know, what, that alter it any further is literally like I'm just gonna you know off with your head. You know, so like he he did what he could it's yeah it's a whole thing of like okay if i do this han is not going to die but he will be taken away or everyone in cloud city dies mm-hmm. <laughs> you know and that's that's what um that's that's pretty much what billy d williams said uh, i i have i attended his panel in 2015 uh, for Star Wars Celebration, and that was one of the questions. Is like, how do you feel about betraying Han? And he's like, I didn't betray. <laughs> like, you could, you could feel the frustration like in his chest from, uh, mm-hmm. from that. Um, for uh, you know, Element Seven, uh, Rebels' favorite thing is Force Lore. Least favorite thing, <laughs> Governor Price. <laughs> I could do without her and that haircut. Uh, just. It just it just angers me. Um, how about you, Alanis? So one team price is the worst. <laughs> I completely agree. Um, so my favorite Star Wars movie, and I'm ready for the hate on this, is Attack of the Clones. Absolutely love it. Will defend it until the day I die. But the one thing that I did wish that we got more of is more Padme. I think she was kind of like thrown in there as, you know, Anakin's love interest. And I understand they had to, you know, ride along that story a little bit more. 
But I would love to see her more in the Senate, more with her family. They have that one deleted scene of Anakin like meeting her family. I would have loved more Padme. And I think that would have really helped with the pacing. I think that would have been, it would have made it so much better. And before anyone says anything about the sand dialogue, I would still keep it. And I stand on that. <laughs> I, I mean, for, for me, like the dialogue is terrible, but <laughs> it's supposed to be terrible. Like, Thank you. If if you if your entire life has been to be on public display as a queen since you were you know fourteen, um, and then in the Senate she doesn't know how to talk to boys, and Anakin it's not like he's ever talked to a girl. <laughs> Him talking to Padme for the first time is the most he's ever talking to talk to a girl prior to talking to her again. You know, right? I I, I, I feel that. Um. Xanatos, uh, you know, answered that TikTok too. He loves Return of the Jedi, but couldn't find anything wrong with it. So what with Rogue One and the <laughs> Borg gullet scene, which the Borg gullet scene is just awkward for a, a number of reasons. Uh, <laughs> I, I didn't quite quite get it, but yeah. Um, we have uh, Marge, the other Star Wars, my fellow Star Wars lawyer, lawyer. Um, who apparently does ballet as well, like multi-talented people. Um, I have this one, favorite Star Wars thing, the dyad. Now, I don't know what dyad she's talking about, if she means the one in the movie or the one I'm part of or the one Chris is part of. Let's just pretend it's all three. Yeah. All right, so so thanks, thanks, babe. Uh, we, we appreciate you. Uh, <laughs> um. But uh, yeah, let's see here. Uh, and did I'm sorry, I'm I got distracted. Did I get everyone with uh, their their favorite and least favorite thing? The last yeah. was, was the last yeah. person. All right, so now we get to the topic at hand. And for this one, I mean, a I, I do want it to be you know like a full discussion. I'm gonna call on on chris to start us off but you know feel free to to jump in we'll all talk about it um b we are i know there's going to be parallels to human politics but let's let's uh let's keep them in reason <laughs> you know but let's let's not go too nuts with it um but yeah we'll start start with chris can a bad person be in the rebellion can a bad person be in? Sorry, I meant can can a good person be in the empire and and be and be good? So uh, I'm taking the cape off for this. We're getting deep. Um, so I I guess we really have to define what being good means in terms of the empire because us we have this macro perspective of the Star Wars universe. We can see all these events happening. Whereas especially what the Bad Batch is highlighting is the micro level of everyday people, you know, especially like in the transition where they're like, oh, OK, well, I'm just changing my money. Hey, I have ID now. You know, we know what's going to happen, but they don't. Um, and so when you have someone be good or bad um, in the Star Wars universe where things are that well defined, that's easy. But when you go to the everyday nitty gritty of it, it's not Tarkin bad callous bad but then when does he become good 
um, you know, because he's still serving the empire while he's still spying on them. He's not disobeying every order because, you know, then he would get found out, he'd get executed and there's that. So I think it's a very, like for some characters, it's a very straightforward answer for others. I'm going to say the classic law school answer. When you ask a professor a complicated question, I can it either depends. confirm nor deny. Oh, no, it depends. <laughs> uh, okay, and and also for this, you know, I, I'm not going to come up with my own definition of good or bad for you guys. I want you to, um, you know, uh, be true to your heart. Um, don't start singing. Okay. I will um, <laughs> uh, but but yeah, I mean. Yeah, it's gotta keep going. Always feel free to jump in. Uh, but uh, Alanis, where are you at with it? So with me, at least, I'm really glad you mentioned Callus. I absolutely love Agent Callus, like top five favorite characters of all time. And for me, at least, I think when Callus is a part of the Empire, he is not a good person at all, like at all. And I think a lot of that has to deal with your actions within the Empire. So when he is, you know, an ISB agent, he is unnecessarily cruel on multiple occasions. Like when he is dealing with the rebels, it's not to capture them. It's literally to destroy them. And I think on multiple occasions throughout the episodes, we see him being like, yeah, set blasters to fire. Let's go. And especially when he talks to Zeb, like he's very xenophobic. Like he is not a good person in that sense. Um, And I think he really doesn't become a good person until he fully takes up that fulcrum mantle and actually leaves um, in that watchtower scene with Thrawn. I think that's kind of his real transitional point because up until then, he's kind of working off his debts. Like, I mean, I think it was like the first or second episode of Rebels. He literally kicks a stormtrooper off of like a ledge like he's just oh, like yeah. oh, yeah. they're on the same side. <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah, <laughs> I think like the stormtrooper is like, "Oh, is that a Jedi?" And he's like, "Bye." <laughs> so I think like with Cal, it's just- like yeah, like he is a definition of like a bad person within the Empire. And yes, he does grow and change, but during his time there, he's bad. But I think you have someone like Eli Vanto from the Thrawn novels, who I personally think you could categorize as a good person in the closest sense of the word, because when he, he didn't join the empire to stop the rebels or do more like military action. Like boy just wanted to be a supply officer. Like he just wanted to hang out with like some spreadsheets Mm -hmm. and he kind of gets, you know, mixed in with everything. And I think also throughout like the Thrawn novels, when he goes against like smugglers and things like that, his blaster is nine times out of 10 sent to stun. He's there to capture, not to kill as Callus was. So I think Eli is probably like the closest, I, in my personal opinion, to like a really good person who works strongly and for a long time within, you know, the Empire. Because there's, you know, a bunch of characters here and there where they're a part of the Empire. Then they kind of dip after a year or two where Eli was in it for a, a hot minute. So I think their definition of good or bad really depends on their actions within the Empire. I, I honestly, I, I agree with you on that one, just for a fact that um, it's all in perspective. I mean, when it comes to good and bad, just for the fact that you may be thinking what you're doing is right. Mm-hmm. But if you don't know any better, because like, I'll, I'll just use, for example, if somebody told me that Chris and portrayed Chris, Star Wars lawyer, as a villain or somebody's bad, like, and he's going, he, let's just say that he joined the uh, the bar and everything to become 
diverse representation of and just just help all the people bad people get away. That's a villain <laughs> for justice. Good soldiers but, follow orders. <laughs> <laughs> nice, but in perspective, he thinks he's helping because everyone deserves justice or some kind of representation. So it's, it's all a matter of perspective. I mean, so if like, if you're actually thinking that you're doing right, like you use on um, rebels uh, on Callus. I think that's a great example because he really thought and bled the empire and thought he was doing right. Cause it was like, Hey, the empire is out here to help the, the, the galaxy, the, the, the universe. And why are you guys going against it? We're just trying to have order until something snaps and you see something. It's like, you guys are not really about the best interests of people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's what I say. It's about perspective. That's, that's where the good and, and bad, it's a fine line because some people think, hey, war is bad and the war is bad. But if you're defending yourself, your country or yourself, then it, it, it for one person is real bad. For the other people, it's like, no, this is this is how it's supposed to be. Yeah, we, we, we took care of business. And then it just shifts the, the dynamics right there. So that's how a lot of super villains are created you know like they was just casualties of war or something like that or casualties of a bad experience so it's it's my question my my answer is yes you can be a good person in the empire but if you know that you're doing bad and you're actually hurting people on purpose no because mm. now it's you're, you you have no moral values you are actually like i don't care about what you're trying to create, I just have a order to go and, and execute and screw what the the ref, uh, repli- uh, the what's the word I'm looking for the um, ramifications. There you go. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> ramifications of what's going to happen to you and your family. Even though I know that's bad, and I have that Jimmy Cricket conscience in my head to say don't do this, but I still got to do it. Well, I mean, I. To, to kind of pair off of that, though, the Death Star Gunners, good or bad? Mm. Death Star Gunners. I'm going to say, because you don't know their whole situation. If they're well, told- I'll, I'll, I'll give you guys all, all a second to think about because I'm, now I'm, I'm curious what you guys all, all think. Uh, just just in, in the meantime, I, I would say uh, I, I want to see what some of these people um I say I have Darth Heirloom saying yes if you have a high rank uh soldier is good then if they aren't a soldier a high ranked official can greatly affect the result of evilness of the empire and actually affect it um so and but all these still bring up more questions of like higher up the higher up you are the more evil you can do uh, I I don't know <laughs> Um, Element Seven quotes Geralt uh, or Geralt saying, "Evil, lesser, greater, middling—it's all the same." <laughs> Let's see. We have Eric Carter. Yes, you can. The everyday worker, like Elo Vanto type, just wanted to make a living. He didn't join for evil reasons. Um, so he says, "For me, I think you can, because to me, I think uh, that it's like if I live in America, I want to help my country, so I become a soldier." 
but my security for my country is evil and corrupted. Um, so yeah, I mean, all great, uh, all great points. Let's see here. It's the same, but the empire is evil and corrupted, but people don't know that. So the civilians want to help out, not knowing it's corrupted. Mm-hmm. So they become soldiers and also known as stormtroopers. Um, it's definitely a you know a complicated subject because unlike you know unlike taking cases like being a soldier for the United States where they just kind of are doing their own things, some of it's uh, good, some of it's real shady. Um, the Empire is different though because the Empire at its top level and at its core is rotten. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. uh, it it exists to subjugate, right? That's that's like the the purpose of that machine. And I'm curious how that changes it. Uh, so, yeah. I, I, again, um, what do you guys what do you guys think? Uh, Death Star Gunner, good or bad? Yeah, bad. Let's see, I'm gonna say that it, it's. <sighs> Because what if they're being told that, hey, this isn't um, you're just doing a job. We have some people who are trying to uh, destroy what the 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 the, um, the good that we're creating. I mean, just like, hey, the people they, you don't know what they're telling these people, the, the, the gunners, like just like a, a, a naval ship. You know, you got people in there who um shooting people and shooting um, down bombs on and planes on stuff. But. All they know is that I have a job to do and I have to defend this. And this is my livelihood. This is how I feed my family. They don't know that these rebels are actually trying to um, liberate enslaved people or liberate um, the galaxy because they're not, or, or do that. So, I mean, if they know that, then I would say, yeah, completely evil. But if they're, and they're, if they're getting satisfaction from shooting people down, then that even leads into another thing. Cause like, okay, I, I'm enjoying shooting people down. Like, mm, mm. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> you, you got some issues, brother. You can get some therapy. <laughs> I think it's also like important to remember, like, especially during the time of the empire, like there was so much propaganda out there. Like there was kind of almost this like system of like, Hey, we're the good guys. And I think a lot of, you know, kids got roped into that and they were like, all right, the empire is where it's at. So, you know, they eventually could go on to rise within the ranks and they truly thought that they were doing, you know, the white, the right thing, like a very black and white kind of sense of justice that I think Agent Callus has a lot of as well. But I think once you get into the position where it's, hey, it's time to, you know, blow up a planet. I really think that a person has to kind of look at their morals. Like, is this actually going to help what I'm doing? Or am I just, you know, a good soldier following orders? So I think when we look at these like Imperials, we need to really think about like who they are as individuals. And I think the other issue as well is like, a lot of the Imperials that we see are on one end of the spectrum, right? We have like Tarkin, the worst. (laughs) (laughs) and then we have like Eli Vanto who's just like hanging out like at the bottom like I think it's very rare that we see almost like a like a mid like a mid level like a mid ground for that um and everyone who is on like the bottom level kind of eventually leaves the empire and we're just kind of like 
good job. Mm-hmm. And then everyone at the top just stays because they're so, you know, indoctrined into the empire. So I think that's also um, kind of like a really hard issue when you go into like these questions is the fact that like, there's not a whole lot of examples of people kind of resting in that gray area for at least a long period of time. See, I feel like because it's the Death Star, you're not going to have any random Joe Blow operate that. You're going to have relatively competent soldiers do it. And I know that's relative given they're stormtroopers. Um, But also you're going to have people that that their loyalty isn't in question because you're literally giving them the ability to destroy a planet. And, you know, it, it... it's reminiscent of the atom bomb question in world war two, mm-hmm. you know, did we do it out of pure reasons? We didn't want to send the more Amer- American soldiers to their death because the Japanese soldiers were going to be entrenched and they were not going to surrender. Or did we do it to send a signal to Russia before the cold war started? Mm-hmm. So it was a bit of both. Um, so, you know, whether the soldiers are being told like, Hey, if we go down there, it's going to be, you know, this just grueling invasion and so many stormtroopers are going to die. But does that justify the decimation of a, of a planet, you know, genocide on several species and then, you know, people. Um, and as, as far as we know that Alderaan was, you know, a fairly peaceful planet, even though they were stoking the flames of the rebellion. I would like to retract my my answer. <laughs> I totally forgot about Alderaan. <laughs> so anyone who's on the Death Star when that happens, they freaking evil. <laughs> they just bad. You blow you blow up a planet seriously. But no, so yeah, I, I, I totally forgot about that. He said Death Star gunners. I was thinking about when at the end when they're flying the trenches and she, like those gunners. Mm. That's what I was thinking about. I wasn't thinking about the Death Star. So yeah, the people who blew up the Alderaan. If you didn't, I mean, and I know you right at that point, you're like, we're about to blow up a planet. <laughs> it's like, really? What what do they do? And then now it's either them or you, but at the same time, yeah, you you either you get out or you're like, okay, I can't do this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I also think that in regards to them, like I don't think any of them really had a blaster to the back of their head, like, hey, press like press the button. Like they were kind of there because they wanted to. And I think at any point in the project they were like hey we got this pretty prime weapon we're gonna blow a planet and no one was like i'm gonna find a way off of here or hey can i get a transfer yeah that's that's kind of like you know where you're you get real real iffy really bad people but then you know there's the lower levels like we said like sanitation workers like in regards to finn like he's not doing anything wrong he's just there Finn is honest. Finn and Sabine, I think, are the best characters to really look at as far as good people in. Well, I know Finn was in the First Order, but in in the Empire, um, because Finn, as we look at the backstory that we've been given, you know, he really he he resisted the mental conditioning and he was, um, you know, there are parts where there are like these this infestation of essentially it seemed like they were giant bats. I can't remember what the creatures names are called. And, you know, the the first order was just like, yeah, just go in there and kill him. And he's like, yeah, no, I'm going to capture him and then let him free on this other world. You know, just good guy things. Um, 
and Sabine, you know, when the weapons that she made were turned against her own people, even when her own people still back the empire, she's like, I can't do this. Mm-hmm. Okay. No, I, I, I like it. Uh, also, we got the uh, Brooke in here saying, hello, Alanis is a queen. Uh, <laughs> I love you, Brooke. Uh, also, some, some love for uh, hey, what's going <laughs> on, brother. X4 Gamer Skills. Uh, Alan 7 says, I'll amend. Intentions can be pure. Uh, means can be skewed. Fundamentally, the Empire's core function was order in the galaxy, pure sentiment. The means, subjugation and oppression. Yeah, it's, I don't know, it's just, uh, I just find it an interesting topic because um, given a lot of the examples that we're given of people that could be considered uh, under this, they don't stay in the empire, you know? And uh, I, I'm having trouble finding the the full quote, but, uh, but you know, I... I always quote Kendi from Lost Stars. Um, and she says, good people can start to serve the empire, but if they stay, they stop being good. Yes. Um, and that, uh, you know, you make, you know, you make one compromise and then another. And by the time you realize it, um, you know, essentially you've, you've become something else uh, completely. Now, just because Kenny says that doesn't mean she's she's right, but there's a lot of the examples that we're given of, you know, a callus or a Finn or something like that are no longer part of their systems. You know, Eli Vanto also left. Um, now, I know that, um, Elena, you've read uh, Lost Stars. Yes. Where do you put Cyanna Ree? Oh God. <laughs> Part of me still wants to say good person. But also like, oh God, that's so hard. I feel like I gotta think about that one. Cause you know, I mean she she joined and she has this loyalty. Yeah. Um, and she's 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 not planning on on leaving. She's not gonna turn her backs on them, but <laughs> watches these terrible things happen is forced to choose between her own family and the empire and something that's clearly wrong chooses the empire. I almost want to put her in a situation of almost like, I don't want to say brainwashing because I do believe that all these characters have autonomy, but I think she was indoctrined into believing that this was the right choice. Like she reminds me very much of like Karen Farrow from the Thrawn novels where they are all seeing all of this destruction, they are pretty much being a part of it, but they still believe through all of the steps that they had to take that they are still good people. So I feel like it's hard. I think you're right. When she chose the empire is probably when she gets pushed in that quote unquote bad people bucket, as well as, you know, when Pharaoh gets like her own command and is now, perpetuating in this system of you know power and oppression so uh they're like they're great to start off with but i think towards the end they kind of get pushed into that bucket because it's kind of like if you stay with the empire how much of a good person can you really truly be well but then that comes the next question can you be a good person and join it to change it from from within so i personally don't think so 
because I think one, it's so fundamentally flawed that it's just not happening. That it's just no matter how hard you work, no matter how hard you try, I just don't. I don't think it's happening. Like you're you're not going to take down Tarkin. You're you're not. <laughs> you know what I mean? No. So I I think you can go in with good intentions, and I think one of two things happen: either you leave, or you wind up getting like kind of meshed into it. Like I know we recently talked about the Death Troopers book, not our faves, but um, I'm definitely going to butcher her name, Zahara Cody. Um, she joined to be a medic because she was like, you know what? I don't think that, you know, medics should just be droids. I want to go into, she calls it like a gross science. I want to help these people. You know, she's a part of like a prison barge. And again, she winds up leaving as well. So I think with that, you can go in with good intentions, but you either become what you hate or you wind up leaving. So I, I don't think you can realistically join and make a change, especially with the kind of corrupted structure that's already been made and given. Uh, and uh, how about how about you guys, Ryan? Um, you know, it's funny because story of my life. You know, <laughs> like uh, I mean, I, I you want to, and I'm gonna say the story of my life seriously. Like every time I go, I, I I've um, joined a company or um, got hired to a company, I got in there thinking, like, okay, I'll be the best employee that there is, you know, working my way up to the top. And if there was something, and that was always my my, my mentality. If I came across a manager or a, a, a leader, let's say manager that I didn't like or did, we just didn't mesh, and I felt that there was after me. Say, well, I'll go on here and try to change things my way. I'll work my way up to the top. You can't do that. <laughs> you, you like you really can't. You have to start your own company. So, no, it's not possible because they already have a infrastructure in place, and they know what they want. And if you go in there trying to ruffle feathers, you're going to be eliminated. You want to go there and change things. You're going to be eliminated because they don't want you. They don't want to hear your opinions, especially the empire. They don't want to hear your opinions. They just want to hear you use a yes, sir, and do what we tell you. And then because you've done what we told you so many times, great. Without me having to follow up with you, here's a promotion. Now you're a, you're you're a general. <laughs> now we can let you in on a little bit more of our our evilness. And now you're so in too deep that you're not going nowhere. Yeah, uh, like Pavlovian training. <laughs> Train them to salivate at evil. Um, uh, Ghostface Kai says, and the choice between being poor or joining the Empire, I'm joining the Empire. I refuse to be broke. I need that Lando drip. <laughs> <laughs> hey, he 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 knows he knows what he wants, you know. <laughs> but, but hey, Lando didn't join the Empire. He probably worked with them at some point, but he. He Lando was a true entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Lando was a hustle. He said, I'm gonna hustle him as much as I can and make sure that this works. And he didn't compromise what he had to do. Yeah. Uh, what, what, what do you think, Chris? Um talking about Sienna Ree, you know, she's honorable slash loyal to a fault. You know, she swore an oath of loyalty, allegiance to the empire, and she wasn't gonna compromise on that. Which, you know, in uh, non-pledging yourself to an evil entity, that would be a good thing. But, you know, she pledged herself to an evil entity. And, you know, despite her love 
um, and her family, she she stuck to her guns. Um, so it, it's it's a bad thing. But I think it also goes back to that question you asked about a month ago about redemption arcs. Mm. Um, and it, it reminds me of Zuko from Avatar The Last Airbender because I feel like redemption arcs aren't complete without atonement arcs because redemption mm. is more of you know like that 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 sort of like spiritual matter within yourself and atonement is how you make up for what you did to the people you hurt um so for these people that were you know good uh in the empire but then saw they couldn't be good in the empire and left or people that were bad in the empire and then left so they could be good you know did they atone for their actions um, to to the people they hurt, like Callus, you know, he was like, I'll, I'll, I'll be Fulcrum, and you know, he worked actively against the Empire. You know, Sienna Reed, we haven't seen her atonement yet. Maybe we'll get it. Who knows? But uh, Lost Stars two win. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I mean, I will be asking Claudia Gray that when I get a chance. Um, along with what you're saying about atonement, uh, Element Seven says, you know. Are you still a good person after leaving? Even if leaving, you leave behind graves. And if you change from within, rising through the ranks means you've done evil. Mm-hmm. But that's where your atonement comes in, you know. That's a powerful question at that. I mean, just for the fact that I mean, if you knowingly left behind those graves, I would say. You, yeah, you're atone- you have to live with that. You have to face that, um, those demons inside of, you, inside of you, your mind, your psyche. Um, but it's like the butterfly effect. We all unknowingly leave behind graves. We never, you, know, you don't think that you are, but like you, you're doing it. Like, we're not intentionally going out and killing people and harming people like that, but the, our action somehow has affected something to happen in the world that, as we're talking right now, a death is happening. So it's the butterfly effect. You don't you don't have direct responsibility on it, but it happens. So to say that um, if you if you rose to the ranks, then yeah, you gotta live with that. You gotta atone for that. But if you try to get out um, early as like a stormtrooper who just like went to the the um, the, the stormtrooper military base, and then like, oh, this ain't for me. Usually, like, do they even let you out like that? Once <laughs> <But, laughs> you in, you're in. It's like, nah, bro, you stuck. It's like a game. Yeah, Whew. it's uh, it's tough. Um, Brooke uh, talking about Sienna Ree, you know, interesting me. I feel like she didn't see any cracks in the Empire truly until it affected her family. Yet she still chose the Empire. It kind of parallels Kylo Ren. Which is uh, an interesting thought. But yeah, it's, you know, she was either, maybe she was in too deep, maybe she had Stockholm Syndrome at that point in time. <laughs> and then uh, we have uh, Beth saying a sense of self is so tied up in her job and being excellent at it that it's difficult to parse apart um, her character and figure out who she is as a person behind her actions. That's an interesting thought. I didn't even think about that. You know, if if you measure yourself by how good of an imperial officer 
then yeah, yeah you're going to be complicit in a lot of real, real stuff. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's deep. <laughs> Ooh, think uh, we're going to drown in this conversation. Um, <laughs> or how about uh, how about the exact opposite? Can a bad person be in the rebellion? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I agree 100% they can. Um, it's vice versa. I mean, just for the fact that, I mean, one, spy, but I mean, technically. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I should have thought of that. My, my bad. <laughs> no, and that wasn't a shot at you at all. I was just like, I was, I was thinking about the question earlier. I was like, spies? Because I actually had somebody on my TikTok go back and forth with me about that. I'm like, whatever. I'm not going to was, yeah. But no, yeah, besides being a spy, Absolutely, you can because if you're doing it for the wrong reasons, it's like I just want to get some action out there and be able to, um, you know, shoot some um, some um, uh, stormtroopers because what for whatever reason, and they don't have actually have a reason to fight in the rebellion. Of course, you have a reason to fight in the rebellion, but you, you for you personally don't, and you just think uh, it's a way for me to kill some people and without having any kind of replica, uh, you know, any kind of issues or or consequences. Uh, yeah, and there's other reasons, but yeah, I, I think it hurts. It makes me think of uh, playing the game Horizon Zero Dawn, and there's just one character in the game who helps you like storm this base, and you're like, "Oh, you're gonna like help us? These people are like oppressing us?" And he's like, "No, nah, I just like to kill people." Like, <laughs> okay, and he helps you several times throughout the game, and you're like, "All right, this guy's." He's kind of sus, but right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, where would you place uh, someone like Saw Guerrera in, in the partisans on on this? And me, um, right. any, any of you guys? Oh. Uh, it's it's open. One man's freedom fighter is another man's terrorist. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it all kind of goes into like your intentions. Like you're right. If you go in there, like I'm here to kill. Or if you're like, hey, you know, if I support the rebellion, you know, whatever type of government they're trying to reinstate is going to help me with X, Y, and Z to, you know, so I can cut tariffs, so I can do this, so I can do that. Then I'm going to put you in, you know, the bad person in the rebellion. I think if you go in there wanting to better the galaxy, good person. If you're going into it for selfish reasons, not a good person. That's kind of like where I stand with it. Like a lot of times people like to compare like Hux and Callus. Callus deflected because he genuinely wanted to do good in the world. And Hux was like, I'm doing this for me. <laughs> and I think that's that's kind of like the difference between, at least in my opinion, like a good person and a bad person within the rebellion is their intentions of joining. <laughs> I'm glad you mentioned Hux on that one because I... I literally got in an argument about that. I was like, he's a spy. Like, but but he was only a spy because of Kylo. I was like, but he was a spy. <laughs> like, it doesn't matter. If, if Don't care if he was a spy because he stubbed his toe. He was a spy. <laughs> like, either or, he was a spy. You did, you did wrong in your organization that you lifted up. And you made it top of us. I was like, yeah, it was a whole... Uh, <laughs> It, it that intentions part makes me think of uh the revenge of the Sith deleted scene like the stirring in the senate where you know padme bail mon mothma and a few other senators are talking about essentially starting the rebellion mm-hmm. um and bail Organa wants to make the the stipulation he's like i'm not trying to sound like a separatist 
because in, in their minds, there was still a difference between the separatists and what they were trying to do and what the Galactic Republic was turning into within the Empire. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, yeah, and uh, have a Brian with a beard, you know, if you stop caring about collateral damage or civilian deaths, then you know, you're a bad rebel. Uh, Brooks' Saw Guerrero at the Flag Smasher. <laughs> nice. He's, he's a great pair of Pelo. You know, he was an ends justify the means sort of guy. Um, yeah. He, Saw Guerrero believed that um, in order to defeat the Empire, you were going to have to use its tactics against itself. Mm. You know, it's using fear tactics to control people. He wanted to use fear tactics to uh, to try and take him down. Um you know, but uh, says the concept of bad is more coherent than good fundamentally, which makes sense. I mean, that's why this was a, an easier kind of question to, to, to answer, because, um, you know, being good requires a lot more effort, I mm. guess. I yeah. Say. yeah. Especially in a war. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Especially. <laughs> you either die a hero or you live long enough to see yourself become the villain. Mm-hmm. I was waiting for someone to say it. <laughs> I, I've been holding on to it. You know I'm a Batman fanboy. I was holding on to it. Uh Ghostface Kai says Callus defected because he wanted some Zeb. Also um, true. <laughs> <laughs> We don't know what happened on that moon. You don't. <laughs> uh, Luther Vandross yeah. playing in the background. <laughs> uh, no, but it's. I know. I, I just. I just think it's a. It's an interesting topic because, um, I get a lot of this in my comment section, particularly with, Anakin. Because this is the same question with Anakin. And sometimes it's great to step outside of this and look at it in another context. Mm -hmm. You know, because there are people who are still think Anakin was right to do what he did. Or the I mean that sorry, that's it's less that's less common than people who will specifically put all of the blame at the Jedi's feet. Um and there's, you know, there's certainly nuance to, to both of them. But, you know, is it just just out of curiosity, where, where do you guys stand on on that? Because I, I think it's very closely linked. On the Anakin and the Jedi? Um, yeah, I mean, Anakin, oh, what was An- before pledging, you know, at, at what point did Anakin become bad and... And who's who's to blame? When, when he killed the damn Tuscan Raiders, like that. <laughs> <laughs> the, and the, the children and the women. <laughs> That's when <laughs> he had his taste of the devil's blood. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's a solid point. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but no, no, I, no, I get what you mean because even I, I just talked about that today on a um, on a TikTok with somebody. He did it out of anger and hate because somebody messed with his mama. Somebody messed with my mama. I'm going after their asses too. <laughs> like plain and simple. Um, you mess with my family, that you got some issues. That's how I am. Plain and simple. Don't mess with my money, my family, and my computer. 
So <laughs> <laughs> with those, <laughs> um, I understand why Anakin did it, but I don't agree with it. So it's and it's not the Jedi's fault on that one. I honestly believe with the whole Anakin thing, it, it's he has choices. Everyone has choices, and he's a grown—excuse my language—grown ass man. And, you know, and he needs—he made that choice to do that, so he has to live those consequences. So it's not the Jedi. It's not the Jedi's fault. Huh? Where, where, where are you at, Chris? Uh, I think there is some blame to go around in, in, in several different capacities. So we're going to start with Anakin. Um, like, like DePaul said, you know, him, him killing his Tuscan Raiders, it, it starts there. Um, but Anakin was just a series of, of breaks in his psyche. The first was when he left his mother. The second was when he, I would say that first crack deepened when Quagon died and Obi-Wan took over as his master. The second one was his mother's death. And then um, the third one was the inability of the Jedi to properly navigate the um, their dogma, their religious dogma with real world ap- applications with this broken man. Um, because I, I am a firm believer, believer in the Jedi were not all good. Um, I don't understand how you can say you're keepers of the peace uh, when you have slavery rampant in the galaxy. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the crime is ro- one thing, but you're, you know, like, oh, well, the Republic's anti-slavery laws. Okay. Um, so I think that the rigidness, the rigidness of the Jedi uh, allowed for Palpatine's manipulations to take place with with mm-hmm. Anakin. Um, but yeah, no, Anakin's still chiefly at fault because he made the choices because it wasn't like Palpatine said, yeah, we're definitely going to save your wife. If you switch over, it was a possibility. Mm-hmm. And Anakin a possibility? Was like, I'm a jump all in. I'm a, I'm gonna jump in. It's just go full on child murder, child murder. All right. We're good. <laughs> I love how, how gullible Anakin is because you know, at the beginning Palpatine's like, uh, you know, he 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 taught uh, his apprentice everything that he knew. You know, is it possible to learn this power not from a Jedi? And then, like after he turns, he's like, "Yeah, to teach death, only one person ever figured that out, but we might be able to figure it out together." And you're like, "You just said, <laughs> hold you on, knew. <laughs> <laughs> you brought me here, and you said, yeah, I don't know, uh, Atlanta. So, what what do you think?" I'm like a firm believer that like people have autonomy, like at every stage in Anakin's life, he, for the most part, had some semblance of a choice. Did he have to kill the Tuscans? No, he could have just, you know, maybe sliced a few. He didn't have to, you know, go through the whole village. Right. He didn't have to go and pledge himself. He didn't have to, you know, go through all the other war crimes that we see in the Clone Wars. So I are they surrender what? I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> so are there a lot of things that I think pushed him to that final point? Absolutely. 100%. But at the end of the day, they were still Anakin's choices. They were still him being like, you know what I'm going to do? This. And I think we see that with every Jedi and like 
every character, like Obi-Wan's done some not great things. Mm -hmm. Um, Qui-Gon has done some not great things. And even like on the other side, like, you know, you have like Thrawn, like he didn't have to do all that with the rebels. Like he didn't have to, he was waiting for the ascendancy to come. So I think it's like important to understand like these characters in a way they have a choice. And especially with Anakin, he had the choice to not kill people. And he still did. And while, you know, the rage and the unhelpfulness of, you know, the Jedi as a whole didn't help. But at the end of the day, he could have just not done that. So I think it's Anakin's choice. Mm -hmm. Can I mention something, too? I'll just about Anakin real fast. Um, Not only the Tusken Raiders in the movie. That was the first taste. But all through Clone Wars, (laughs) that bruh had anger issues like his interrogation stuff like when i was watching like that damn if he came in the room with me i'm like nah <laughs> 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 how, how he did um what uh, uh, po- po- oh yeah oh, yeah he beat the living <laughs> brakes off that <laughs> i'm like ah yeah so he has more some deep-rooted issues and anger not just with the whole Tuscan Raider. So, no, yeah, Anakin, he responsible for his own stuff. Uh, what was uh, the banking clan guy's name again? Clovis. 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 Season, season six, and he's just, like, beating on Clovis. And, like, like, dude, you're an elite warrior with superpowers. He's, he's, a, he's, a, he's a banker. He's a banker. As he's Anakin a financial has, analyst. Has proven his hands are rated E for everyone, <laughs> or A for all ages, because he, he comes for not just the men, but the women and the children too. Oh, that's great. That's that's true. That's true. Um, yeah, yeah. It's and it's it's interesting because that's that's why I'm part of the Mace Windu Defense Force. Because sure, he did some some problematic things. I I, I get that, but. Um, he was right. <laughs> yeah, he's like yeah. this guy is emotionally unstable. I don't trust him, and people are like, oh, he's emotionally unstable because you don't trust him. And he's like, I don't think that's how it works. I, I don't <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> uh, oh, man. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So we've 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 talked about Anakin. Oh, also, sorry. One more thing I do have to say about the Jedi that I do believe they get a bad rap for for this is although they were holding too tightly to some old problematic traditions. Mm-hmm. It's not like they knew any other way. Like they were all raised in this tradition. So it's not like they knew and were withholding something. You know, and and I do think that 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 does make a difference. But speaking of Jedi, Barris Afi, where where do we where, where do we stand with Barris Afi? Uh, let's go to uh, Alanis first. So I'm not gonna lie. The first time I watched the Clone Wars, I was like, Barris is the worst. <laughs> I was like, yes, go to prison. Like, you hurt my girl Ahsoka. Like, I was so anti-Barris. But after re-watching it, I understand her, I understand her point. Should she have gone about it the way she did? Absolutely not. And I think here's my thing. I would have had 
in utmost respect, yes, Brooke, I agree that Clovis only drinks IPAs. Um, <laughs> <laughs> here's my thing with Barris. If she didn't frame Ahsoka, I would have 100% respect for her. But it's because she kind of hid behind another person and tried to frame her is where I kind of lose her. So she was really trying to make this radicalized change within the Jedi. And, you know, she didn't kind of throw Ahsoka into it. I think I would have had more respect for her character, but because she kind of hid behind that and was trying to kind of deflect her own actions, that's where she kind of falls flat for me. But I think she is phenomenal. As, as, as phenomenal as far as like a really interesting character. Uh, and and sorry, Meigs, you did miss uh, some some Eli Callis uh, talk. So sorry about that. <laughs> um, yeah, how about uh, you, DePaul? Um, Barris. Well, um, when I first saw it, I was like, that bitch. <laughs> I'm not even lie. I was like. How could you do this to Ahsoka? Um, she, like I said, um, most people agree with this. She, her, the reasoning behind it, great points. I, I, I guess the Jedi was just blinded. They're doing things. They're allowing stuff to happen under their nose, and just the reasons behind it was great. But there's other ways around that she could have went about that. Did she just she she could have just quit the Jedi Order and it's like. Because you're not a hostage for that. They, they're saying that you can leave when you want. They take your lightsaber. <laughs> they, they take your robes. Give me your Jedi ID. Bye. You're, you're now a civilian. Mace has said that. <laughs> Calls himself a civilian all the time. But the thing about that is that what, did she ever go to a master? Did she go to Yoda? Did she go to Mace? Did she go to anybody? Say, hey, did she go to her master? Say, hey. This is how I'm feeling about this. This ain't this ain't driving with me. Hell, I had a vision. Whatever you want to say, <laughs> you, know, <something laughs> like that. you know, and go like that. But she framed her friend, or supposedly her friend. So I get her reasoning behind it. I don't agree with it, and it's still messed up and if that rumor is true that she's going to be in the Soka show I, I hope it's just like a flashback because if, if they meet in person in real, real time Soka better beat her ass <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, you, your thoughts Chris? Uh, so I, I can you know my my initial thoughts of when that happened and then my, my now thoughts my initial thoughts was just like oh Kill her. Uh, now, um, my, my thoughts are um, a, a bit more nuanced. So I can quote Falcon in the Winter Soldier. He's like, she's out of line, but she's right. <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't I think I think she's uh, also an interesting case of being exactly, you know, kind of the opposite example of that. And yeah, like I, I've said before, everything she does is still less than Anakin and Anakin gets a, you know, <laughs> gets um, redemption you know, at the, at the end, you know, not, not atonement, but redemption. Um, and even Dave Filoni brought out that, you know, a lot of what she said was, was right. And Ahsoka mm-hmm. kind of knows that. Um, 
And so, I, I mean, I would be curious to see if they meet, but it's like during the Mandalorian era. So it's been, it's been years, right? At that point, it's been, you know, uh, what, a, a decade since they saw each other. Mm. Uh, what type of feelings there would I mean, probably aren't, she might get slapped at first, but, <laughs> but, <Something>. but <laughs> I can see like, as a, like, you know, she gets hit in the face and then, and then they grab a margarita or something like that. You know, like let's, let's unpack this. <laughs> well, because it actually opened eyes to uh, Soka's eyes. That's what it did. Mm-hmm. She's like, oh, no, nah, y'all was quick to turn on me. And I really, did. I was off world with, Master Skywalker, what are you talking about? <laughs> How can I do this? So, no, you're you're absolutely right. So, I, I'm excited to see that. <laughs> I, I love how <laughs> Clovis is just a finance bro in his Patagonia cloaks. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's true. Vineyard vines. Uh, oh yeah, the vineyard vines. The <laughs> <whale>. <laughs> and then, Barisafi is a Zemo confirmed. Um, I knew Brooke would get that, and I knew Brooke, Brooke would be there for that. <laughs> but uh, I also love how you know because we got AJ in the chat, and it's like if you excuse Anakin for killing children because love or grooming, but we don't excuse Barris when she was like justified in her reasoning. It's yeah, it is. It is sus. You know, we who's excusing Anakin for killing children. There are a lot of people that are. Yeah. Are you serious? Children. Yeah. My TikTok comments are filled with it. I've they seen it in video. <laughs> uh, I think I saw it on another podcast or not a podcast. Well, I guess a live podcast on here. Someone was talking about like if, you know, it came like if my wife was in danger. Yeah, I'm going to be out here killing a bunch of kids. And I'm like. You know, that didn't save his wife, though, right? <laughs> He also then went and choked out his wife. Yeah. <laughs> not not much on the saving field. Right. Like, you know, like, hey, I'm going to save you. Let me actively choke you out. Wow. <laughs> While you're pregnant with our kid. Well, kids, but kid, because he didn't know that. <laughs> they don't need air. Oh, yeah. Barris is a variant. <laughs> oh, nice. As well as Barris is divergent. <laughs> Uh, let's see here. I uh, I missed something. Uh, <laughs> no, no worries. But uh, Brian with the beard says uh, Anakin apologists are, are scary, and it's it's true. Well, you know, there's just we have to remember just because we love a character um, doesn't mean that they're good, and we shouldn't. Some characters are a cautionary tale, and they mm-hmm. aren't the people you want to. Shouldn't be like you know. If if you watch Fight Club and you think Tyler Durden's cool, don't talk to me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> or you watch Joker and be like, you know what? He wasn't that bad of a guy, man. <laughs> like I say this with like full disclosure. Like I have Anakin tattooed on me, like one hundred percent, but. I love him for the fact that he's just out of this world. Like he's literally such an interesting character to look at, but he's not someone that you're like, you know who I want to be like Anakin Skywalker. Like he's not someone you kind of want to base your personality on, but I think as a character, amazing. Yeah. 
you shouldn't idolize Anakin, appreciate his tragedy and redemption. Mm-hmm. Yeah. His amazing character. Um, I've had Victoria Vader on here a number of times, um, and like her appreciation for for Darth Vader is incredible, as as well as Chris. Um, but but yeah, we, we gotta kind of keep that in mind. But as we're talking about you know possibility of Barris coming back, uh, I gotta ask you know looking forward, we have a big Star Wars slate coming up of books, movies, um, the you know. The, the acolyte there was some, some news on that re- <laughs> recently um suki in the back uh <laughs> what what are you guys looking forward to um i'll go to, uh, to chris first what would what, what's got you most excited i mean uh, other than lando okay i was about to say i was like i feel like you know the obvious answer is lando <laughs> which i'm a little worried i'm not gonna lie i'm a little worried about that series All right, give um, us lando as well as your second choice Okay, yeah. So, so Lando, um, like my, my low key pitch for Lando would be do it like Arrow, have some present day with Billy D. Williams, and do some flashbacks with Donald Glover, uh, especially since Donald Glover is so busy that can alleviate his schedule a little bit. And then, besides that, uh, I, I have to say Ahsoka over the Obi Wan Kenobi show. Um, Ahsoka has been my girl since 2008. We were the same age, like she was 14 in in uh, Clone Wars, and so was I when it debuted. So, like, that's my homie. So, uh, yeah, I'm excited to see where that story goes. I want to see Thrawn. I want to see Ezra. Uh, I'm ready. <laughs> and how about you, uh, Alanis? Uh, Kenobi is probably my number one. I'm a prequels girl at heart. So to kind of see their characters one last time, I know I'm going to sob throughout every single episode. Um, but besides that, Lesser Evil, um, the kind of third Thrawn book that's coming out in November, I am super yes. excited for. <laughs> um, and I think the third one is the hopeful possibility, and I will send all of the vibes to manifest this is I just want callous and bad batch. I'm, I'm hoping and every week it doesn't happen, but I'm going to hold on to it until the uh, series is over. (laughs) Uh, The, I mean, the thing I want the most in bad batch and I never get to say it because element seven always says it first. Uh, Quinlan Voss. I need Quinlan Mm -hmm. Voss to show Mm -hmm. up and you know what I mean? Just like, just a, a weird, dirty Jedi who's just <laughs> who's seen some stuff. I, I think he would be like the Jedi equivalent to someone from the Bad Batch. You know. Um. And uh, how about you, Ryan? Well, um, I'm a, I'm a Force Lord junkie, so I will say. Ahsoka and the Acolyte. Those are my two things that I'm like really looking forward to uh, for a future Star Wars uh, a series or, or just media. Um, I can't wait to see what they do with the, the, the future f- uh, movies and everything. I'm not sure if they're going to do a higher public movie or if they're going to do um, a future uh, something continuing Ray's journey or something like that. Um, but I did notice reading the Star Wars the canon book that it said that the Jedi Order is being rebuilt. I was like, huh. So I guess we might be getting some movies or a series about that. So, um, but for me, yeah, Ahsoka and 
the acolytes are the two because obviously it's going to have force and just the ways of like that whole concept and dark side and good light side and all that stuff like that. So those are my two. Uh, Lando, I am looking. For, I wouldn't say looking forward to it. I'm excited for that, for that one just for the fact that I love Lando in Solo. Honestly, mm-hmm. those Solo Lando and Chewie were the reasons why I actually went to go see Solo. Yeah, I I would just I just kind of want I want this weird plot that uh, that Han didn't just win the Falcon there that every time they meet up it ends up like either one person wins it from the other or they steal it for the other and the ship mm-hmm. just kind of goes back and forth over the years like I, I don't know i just think that would just be a, like a really funny type type thing um for every from time, oh, <laughs> every time lando gets the ship back what have you done to my ship <laughs> <laughs> It, it gets a little more broken, a little like dirtier every time until Lando's finally like, whatever, dude. <laughs> I don't I, I no longer want it. I got the lady luck here. Um, you know, handling my business. Uh for for me, I, I gotta say I'm in the same place as uh as as Ryan. Um Ahsoka and the Acolyte are the two I'm looking forward to the most. Um huge force lore nerd, um my, myself and that is another untouched time period. I'm also a huge Thrawn nerd. Uh, so I, I want to see Thrawn and I want to unravel the mysteries of the force use of the Chiss Ascendancy. Because mm-hmm. there's Skywalkers over there. Like, mm-hmm. you know, there's there's force sensitive people out there as well. So I think that's a really interesting story. And also I've been loving the High Republic. Um, the Acolyte being a story that happens at the tail end of the High Republic. Um, I don't know exactly what that's going to mean, <laughs> you know, but we we are getting it's giving us, you know, these these little nuggets of things. And we're seeing the cracks forming in the Republic at that time. Um, and we're slowly seeing the Jedi Order start to get more entwined with the Republic. Um, and so we're seeing this unfold as you're reading through um, the High Republic and the Acolyte, I think, could potentially show us the resurgence of the Sith um, properly. And in canon, we don't have a lot of Sith lore, you know. Um, I, am, I am excited for, for Kenobi, too. I know I'm, you know, kind of like uh, for everything. A little bit lesser, but um, A, I want Plug Eye in the series. <laughs> Plug Eye was made canon and from a certain point of view, um, the A New Hope one. So uh, there's that. There's the I want to see the little short story in the Ahsoka book where he goes to Shmi's grave and is like mm-hmm. apologizing for losing her son mm-hmm. um, and all this stuff. I think that has the possibility of being the most heartbreaking story, you know? Mm-hmm. A, a, little, bits. a little tales of the Tales of Bossing say leaves from the vine action with Obi Wan there because if they do that, I will put that audio over it. (laughs) I will break all the audio. Oh, that's awesome! And then Zanto says acolyte maybe live action Night Sisters. Um, they were wiped out on Dathomir. They weren't all wiped out on Dathomir. I. 
but yes, the, the primary, I guess, coven, you would say, with, with Mother Cows and stuff was wiped out. We know, uh, we do know there were more of them, and some of them from that group also not survived, but just weren't there <laughs> when, when it happened, you know. Um, St. Pat says, give me all the Sith lore. Uh, yeah. Also says, someone take that song away from Chris. <laughs> no, no, you, you cannot take that song away from me. That song is deep, man. Seriously, I don't have to put something at my funeral because that, that song, <laughs> people go cry. Elvis <laughs> uh, Heaven says, Ahsoka show where like Ghost of Anakin shows up in a flashback um, uh, after Andor telling Ahsoka her destiny lies with, <laughs> with Thrawn but mispronouncing his name. In the second Thrawn book, Anakin is just unable to say his name properly. I'm not going to attempt because I'm also unable to say his name properly. Uh, it's uh, uh, you can see it. You, you try it at, at your own at your own discretion. <laughs> I have never felt closer to Anakin than in that scene reading it. I was like, I too would not be able to do that. Like reading the Thrawn novels, I just memorized the group of letters, and I'm like, that's a name. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, awesome. Well, uh, thank you guys so much. Like this has been a, a deep conversation. Like it's this conversation was 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 dense. Uh, so thank you for being willing to <laughs> soldier through it with me. Um, but I, I want to to go around and you know kind of get your guys's um, final thoughts and uh, you know let Everest know you know where we can find you and all of your awesome stuff. Um, we'll go to. Alanis first. All right. This was honestly such an amazing experience. Thank you so much for having me on. Um, I think we touched on like so many amazing, amazing things and I had a great time. Um, but I am not a Kyber on TikTok and Twitter. I post a lot of random things on there, but it's a good time sometimes. Um, <laughs> and if you like Star Wars stickers, I do have an Etsy and it's Oalanis. So O-H-A-L-A-N-I-S designs on Etsy. Oh, nice. And let me see. I want to make sure. Okay. I just want to make sure I, I did get that so I can put that in the, in the notes as well. Um, that's awesome, you know, and also just so you know, when uh, the Kyber, when that is not a Kyber appears, then the time of prophecy is at hand. Uh, just, just so you guys know, read Master and Apprentice if you haven't done so already. It's incredible. Read it. Uh, <laughs> and Jedi Master DePaul, final thoughts? Where can we find you? Final thoughts. Um, had a, a great time. Thanks for the invitation to the podcast. Hopefully, I could get another one because I loved it on here. It was for great. Sure. Um, but yeah, so, uh, excellent topic. It was great conversation with everybody and the chat was awesome. So (laughs) thanks for everybody. And, um, yeah, so you can find me on, uh, TikTok at, uh, Jeff Master DePaul. Also on the Conspiracy Cantina with Xcore Gamer Skills. We do those bi-weekly on YouTube. And so feel free to, um, subscribe to that. And yeah, that's where I do all my Star Wars content. Um, but so, yeah, thank you again. And I appreciate it and love you guys all. And until next time. Awesome. Uh, I, I just got called out by, by X4 Gamer Skills. It's when the Kyber that is not 
Kyber shines forth. I knew it was something different and my brain couldn't come up with it fast enough. And I was like, whatever, uh, I'll ask for forgiveness um, rather than permission. But uh, yeah, thank you for pointing it out. I, One more thing. You have enough for life. <laughs> and uh, last but certainly not least, we have Star Wars Lawyer. Uh, you know, first of all, thank thank you for uh, having me on here. I've been looking forward to this. So uh, uh, this was a fun time. I love having deep conversations and I love talking Star Wars. So, you know, two birds with one stone here. Um, you can find me on TikTok uh, at Star Wars Lawyer, all one word. I do Lando content, Jedi Finn content, uh, critical thinking about Star Wars content. And I throw some impressions out there, too. Uh, so I just like to have fun. Uh, and, you know, two black, two nerdy podcasts. That's T-O-O black, T-O-O nerdy, uh, wherever you listen to podcasts. Awesome. Yeah. Well, once again, I want to thank you guys so much for, for joining because this this has been a lot of fun. Each and every one of you will come back. And that's I always say it's the worst part of the podcast is I always get new people and they're always awesome. And I'm like, I want to have them again. But I there's no new people uh, but yeah all of you guys are coming back and I'll, I'll mix it up so we get some some interesting conversations um uh, but that will uh do it for now thank you everyone in the chat brooke harith x4 gamer skills brian with the beard uh meigs saint pat element seven uh bailey Devereaux, mabe xanatos uh we got an awesome crowd out here I saw uh, Nicole's in here somewhere as well. Thank Much you guys. My dyad. Yes. <laughs> Thank you guys all for, for joining and uh, may the yub nub be for life. <laughs>